Hello and welcome to the Connecting Creatives podcast. Hello and welcome to the Connecting Creatives podcast. So today I'm here with Nick um, and I'm also here with George. Hello. Um, <laughs> so Nick, you are a vocal coach. This is true. Um, and you are part of the Northern Voice Collective. Yes. Um, and you also kind of do your own freelance vocal coaching stuff, which mm-hmm. we're going to get onto. First of all, we just want to get to know you. Um, these are just five totally random questions. Okay. Um, so first of all, if you were an animal, what would you be? A sheep. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I really like them. Um, I just think sheep always look like they're having a really good time. Yeah. And I'd be really happy in the knowledge that, well, firstly, I'd like to be a sheep who lives on a really nice farm, mm. not a sheep at the side of the motorway. Do you know those sheep? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, sheep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd like to be a sheep in a really nice farm in the countryside, Safe in the knowledge that one day I would end up in someone's dinner plate and make them really happy. <laughs> oh, I do love I sheep. Think, I definitely a Herdwick sheep as well. Herdwick's my favourite type of sheep. Don't wow. know if you've heard them. Big up the Herdwicks. Wow, this is like an in-depth, you emotionally connected answer. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've thought about this before. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're like a sheep. All those lonely nights. <laughs> um, do you watch Friends? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I did. You did. Which friend's character are you most like? Uh, Joey. Yes. Because <laughs> he, he never stops eating. <laughs> I'm probably a hybrid of Joey and Monica. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Wow. Maybe with a bit of Phoebe sprinkled in, maybe? Yeah, he's um, kind of like a mixture. Yeah, Joey because I like eating Monica because I, I like a plan mm. and a schedule. Yeah, I feel you. Even for fun. Oh, I feel you. I feel you big time. Uh, but Phoebe, because I think sometimes I'm a bit of a fruit loop. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, I'm definitely Monica, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Every time, Monica. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, what thing would you say is a burning building if you had one? I should definitely say I'm a family, right? Yeah, but... Well, okay, we're talking said... materialistic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you do have anything. Um, Oh gosh, what is the building my house? Yes. Right. Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I'd probably be so like eager to get out of there. It'd probably be some sort of snack. Yes. <laughs> I feel you deep. Save yourself. I'm gonna get the biscuits. Get in. There could be some time waiting for the fire brigade to come and put this thing out. Or okay, let's be sentimental. Um, like at my teddy that I still have that I was given when I was eight. Cute. That is cute. I'm feeling that. <laughs> but I feel more the, the, you know, the salt and vinegar hula hoops. That's okay, what I go for. Not again. What was the last piece of theatre that you watched? Um, does comedy count? My, yeah. my, my husband's a comedian, so yes. uh, probably some sort of comedy 
Mm-hmm. I think it was a recording of a podcast, actually. I think it was Hoovering Pod with Jess Foster Q. Oh, live I've recording heard that. of. No, it was a live recording of Drunk Women Solving Crime podcast. Wow. Oh my God. So, what? what that kind of says what it is on the tin, but yeah. what? But so, basically, these uh, three comedians plus one guest. Uh, drink a load of booze and try and solve an unsolved crime or one of them presents a crime and the other girls have to decide what's happened and kind of solve it it's really good fun because they're all hammered <laughs> that's why I was like that's how we should be doing this podcast I know yeah we're missing a trick connecting drunk creatives <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot more people would listen <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you excited for? Holiday, probably. Yeah. Um, Are you going on holiday? Yeah, well, we're going on a staycation. We're going to a house in Wales with another family. With the sheep. Yeah, sheep. (laughs) It's all about the sheep, guys. There was also a hot tub there, though, so I'll be in there with the sheep. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You and the sheep in the hot tub. (laughs) The news. Now we're on to the news question. So this is a new part of the podcast that okay. I've kind of introduced. And basically, I watch Good Morning Britain in the morning and they usually have some sort of debate or a discussion or some, something like that. And I kind of just put this into the podcast just as like a, a, an opinion part, a discussion part. So, would you say rowing is a sign of a good relationship? Hmm. You know, Valentine's Day theme. Today is Valentine's yeah. Day. Well, I think it depends what you mean by Roy. Mm. Like, do you mean full on blazing? Let, yeah, that's. I feel like. Yeah, I feel that's where they were going with it. Yeah, like if you have full on blazing rows regularly, would you say that's a sign of something that's. I think this is very dependent on the people and the couple. I'm yeah. not. A, we don't do Ryan. Maybe okay. some people would think that's bad for a relationship, but mm. I am. We have been together for eight years, yeah, and raising a child and are married, mm. <laughs> and we, we like each other a lot. But neither <laughs> of our personalities are that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I suppose it depends who you are, doesn't it? Yeah, we tend to, I mean, how much of an intimate view into my relationship do you want? But I, I'm a bit of a bottler, and then all of a sudden, I'll just go, yeah, and I'm annoyed because. Mm. Um, I don't know whether he would prefer if I just shouted at him every night again, but I just don't do it. I didn't grow up in a rowing household. My yeah. parents didn't row. From someone who experiences bottling, uh, yes, just say it, whatever. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Because then you sit there and it all comes flowing out. You go, that happened six weeks ago. Back in and you're like, what? what's going on there? That. I say bottling. I mean, like, I'll be absolutely fine and fine and fine and then three or four things will just stress me out but it'll be because something else is stressing me out it's never Mm -hmm. to do with the fact that the laundry is there or that you know something should have been done that wasn't done it's just it's it's a factor of some it's a hangover from something else that like work stressing me out or something like that you don't do it we're very honest but i Mm. i think each relationship is very individual. If you yeah. love a blazing row and a load of makeup sex, go for it. <laughs> um, if you want to like just talk about things rationally, that is also fine. Mm, I feel you. Um, how did you get into vocal training in the first place? So I trained as an actor okay. and then I accidentally fell into voiceover work because somebody needed an Irish voice one day at some point. 
Um, and I did that one voiceover job and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I've just been given 300 pounds for 10 minutes. Mm. And having, you know, worked in theatre for a bit, I was like, I want to do more of that. Yeah. So I sort of infiltrated that and started doing voiceover stuff and then just got really obsessed with voice. And I was like, this is interesting. And I found um, a course at Central School of Speech and Drama where I'd trained up previously, which was um, MA in voice studies. And it was one of what well, was the only one I found at the time. Um, it was basically a year of vocal pedagogy training. So all the voice stuff, all the accent stuff, all the teaching stuff. So learning how to be a teacher and a facilitator and that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, well, I'll see if I can get onto that. So I got on and I was like, oh, we'll see if I can pay for it. <laughs> and I found the money. Um, uh, just under my bed um jokes <laughs> 15 that grand that just, just stashed away there um and yeah that was it really that was sort of the final piece yeah. in the puzzle so i finished that and then i went straight into a job at lipa because oh, they were wow. very desperate because there was nobody up here to do voice stuff All right. <laughs> so i got a job that was like it went from never being a teacher before ever to yeah. teaching 18 hours a week of like completely new content terrified anyway i blagged my way through and i've been there for <laughs> five five years oh, nice. on and off yeah um but it's only a, a part of it so i do that and i do one-to-one stuff and workshop stuff and show support um all sorts of things wow really. that's cool um so what in particular about voice would drew you into it like what what element of that uh, in terms of going on the course yeah 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 I think it was the potential that I saw in my own voice. Yeah. And I think initially I, I decided I uh, was wanted some extra information about my own voice and to work on my instrument because mm. in the particular training I'd had, there was some voice, but there wasn't loads of yeah. it. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see what I could do with mine. And I suppose I was also interested in seeing if there was a T, here comes my son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if there was a teacher in me in yeah, any way yeah. because I love the voiceover stuff but I always felt this weird like feeling of I something's missing like something's missing all this here's my nice voice can mm-hmm. you have a job like here's my lovely voice I'm, I've got a nice voice do you want my voice it felt really like yeah. maniacal and doesn't really sit very well with me yeah um, I just want to see if there's something else I could do with the, in that particular area so mm. I think it was potential yeah. the voice and then once you start learning all those ways of coaching and all the different methodologies and the training and it's just oh my goodness there's so much in this yeah so, so you know um voiceover work i'm asking this because i'm just interested because mm-hmm. i've never done anything that's of that ilk i've never been to an audition if you do audition um but how how does it work like how <laughs> if if you saw a casting for a certain vo- vocal thing what would you have to do so the first bit of advice i can give you is make sure you subscribe and listen to the voiceover social podcast oh, yeah. which is the <laughs> podcast that i make all about voiceovers um Blog. <laughs> slick <laughs> <laughs> um it's genuinely very useful though yeah uh, so there are many things happening there are many ways into voiceover in one sense there's the i'm an actor part of my training was making a voice reel and my agent also gets a few voiceover jobs in so every now and again i like a little commercial or yeah. whatever yeah. that's fine then there's um my way which i mean we're sitting right next to my studio um it was sort of home studio voiceover setup which is 
a whole world of people who um for whom voiceover is the only thing they do so all the stuff you hear like phone systems um corporate narration inside lifts buses all that kind of stuff apps all that stuff is often done by people who only do voiceover and most of us have come to it well maybe it's the acting route like i did some people come from a production route Hmm. So they've been radio produced or something and they, they're hiring voiceovers all the time going, I could do that actually, yeah. thanks. Um, so in terms of getting work, it can come either through the, the agent, that route, or those of us with home studios, a lot of it is like classic B2B marketing. So wow. we do lots of in-person networking. We um, get a decent demo together. That's the main thing. You've got to make sure you've got a demo that shows the best of what you have to offer within the realms of the industry as it is now. Mm. Um, you need a decent online presence these days and then you need to get on the blower and say, hello there, do you ever use voiceovers? And can I speak to the person who hires them, please? Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to sort of get in there. There are some pay to, what's called pay-to-play sites, a bit like Casting Call Pro, well, sorry, it's not called Mandy. Mandy. Mandy so yeah. they have a voices bit and there are other pay-to-play style sites. Like Fiverr, isn't it? That, which is just <laughs> awful. This is the thing. It's, yeah. that's, that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the idea is you pay money to be up there and then jobs come in. But um, I have many issues with a lot of those ethically mm. because they don't, they're not on the side of the talent, no. they're on the side of the hirer. Yeah. And there's a lot of skimming and a lot of quiet hush hush yeah. money taking off places going. There are some decent ones out there, like Badalgo is a good one for voiceover that gets a lot of good press. Um, but I don't think they're necessary to earn a living. And I also don't think that the argument for a lot of them when people are getting started is well, it's good practice auditioning. So there's a big mm. audition culture on those. Um, or um, I just want a few wee jobs to get myself started but I'm not an advocate of doing little jobs for no money to get experience. Yeah. There are better ways to get experience. And exactly. if you've got enough talent to be doing it, you should be earning the right money. Yeah, I totally agree. A lot yeah. of my work comes for voiceover at least. Um, and coaching now, you know, it's all a lot of it's recommendations. So, mm. yeah. or people have worked with you and they recommended somebody else. But with for voiceover, particularly because my, I don't know if you know, but I'm Irish. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, that's sort of my USP. So I'm, one of the few Northern Irish female voiceovers of my age with a home studio, as far as I know. Right. So I get a lot of, ah, we need an Irish voice. And literally on the Facebook groups, it's like, Nick, 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 <laughs> Nick. Not because I'm the best, just because it's, I have, it the, USP, have yeah. the setup. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so you run Northern mm. Voice Collective. Yes. So can you tell us what that entails? And then any services that you do provide, what someone could expect? So Northern Voice Collective is the product of me and two very dear, very wonderfully experienced um, voice coach pals, uh, Laura Carroll and Jude McSpadden, both who I met at Lippa. Um, and we were sick of uh, there not being any training opportunities in voice. Mm. And from our point of view up here, we decided we wanted to make sure that there was enough voice provision mm -hmm. up here because actors don't realise how important it is yeah. a lot of no. the time. Particularly in the north, there's a lot of people who haven't had the chance to do the drama school route. You know, and there's so many brilliant um, evening, weekend kind of acting training courses and even yeah. lots of yoga and movement and other various things. But there was no voice at all. And um, we were like... Well, this is silly because like we're literally right here. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So we decided we'd just see what we could do. Um, 
and it sort of it sort of grew from there. And it's basically we do we now provide um, two monthly drop-in voice workout sessions. We call it the voice workout. I do one on every second Tuesday of the month, and Laura does one in Levensham on every last Saturday of the month. For the benefit of the listener, there was some air pumping going on, and some fist pumping in the air. Because we're fat and bloody massive. There you go. Is <laughs> that the oil in the coconut? So we do those two regular ones, which is basically designed as drop-in. So each night we'll do, you know, this I, like this week I did a lovely sort of release and redirection session. So it's like physical release and the effect that can have on the voice. We did lots of like rolling around the floor and breathing and releasing muscles and it was all lovely. Uh, and then uh, maybe the next time we'll do like resonance or there maybe we'll do articulation or approaches to text. It's just types of um, voice technique and training that we think are important for people mm-hmm. to uh, well experience. And then we also do one-off day courses. So for example, on the 26th of February, <coughs> smooth, I'm doing uh, actually a voiceover masterclass all day cool. in town. So we're doing a day of like voiceover appropriate vocal warm-ups and then a load of work on lots of different types of scripts and then there's an expert panel at the end to sort of answer questions and things so and then uh we've got a public speaking um day coming up and we've got an accent day coming up with a a fabulous accent lady who we're going to bring up from london for this just because she's a pal and she wants to (laughs) come and say hi Um, but yeah it's basically for people who are interested in voice um, we can also provide bespoke stuff, so if you have something you need doing, you can drop us a wee email and that sort of a thing. Cool. Basically just trying to fill the void. Yeah. Your voice void. So... Um, it's me. Oh, okay. Um, what are your top tips, like three top tips mm-hmm. for a healthier voice for performers? Okay. Number one, hydration. Um, things to remember about hydrate as I, as I sip some water, yes. like a <laughs> smug fecker. <laughs> yeah guys come on Um, uh, oh here it is (laughs) so any kind of fluids will take between four and eight hours to reach to affect the mucus on your vocal folds it's important to remember that anything you drink will not touch your vocal folds because they're in a different tube so they're in the air tube and water goes down the food tube so when people drink thinking it's going to help their voice it straight away it won't it'll you know refresh your mouth and perhaps soothe the back of the pharynx or the throat area but it won't touch your vocal folds um so just a constant steady stream of hydration number two release so physical release and basically tension is the enemy of voice mm-hmm. tension is the enemy of sound you know if you have a string and you pull it tense it's not going to make as big of vibrations as a slightly looser string um, that's science. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so anything you can do to release tension is really good. Mm. And third, this sound. Mm. That's all you need really to warm up your voice. The rest is the vessel. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you can go. Just giving your vocal folds a little massage yeah. there nice and safely. The rest of it is releasing the articulators, getting the breath going, releasing the body. You know, connecting with the space around you, connecting with the text, connecting with the audience. Mm-hmm. That's all necessary for good voice work. But if you've got no time at all, that's it. Everyone's got time to do that. Yeah. You could sit in your car and do that. Oh, yeah. On the way to like, yeah. an audition or whatever. So are the, are the skills transferable? What my skills as a coach? Yeah, like so, like the the techniques you teach 
about your voice and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. it is transparent it's not just about warming it up to say speak at this level it can help warm up to a more yeah, it's, all, it's all this it's all the same instrument yeah but warming up to sing does involve slightly different things mm. um so perhaps you want to warm up if you're one of those people who can do all those crazy jesse j riffs you might want to have a little mm. play with those um but ultimately and i think one of the misnomers about voice warm-up for anything is a warm-up is exactly that it's not a workout you can get mm. a warm-up done speaking or singing five to fifteen minutes if you're doing a workout like you're having a voice class or a lesson or a singing lesson that's different you're you're working out particular skills you're training you know resistance or like breath or whatever but warming up to sing on stage the singing on the stage is the bit you don't want to spend like 45 minutes trying to out sing everyone on the damn stage which yeah. happens a lot in yeah. company warm-ups oh, yes. it does oh Bella my god it does oh, oh my god, god. 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 don't get started on this <laughs> this is i hear this a lot when i go in when i go in to work on shows just for spoken voice you'll be like let's do the warm-up and everyone will start and i'll say show me what you're doing i'll see if i can tweak it and everyone's just trying to be louder than the rest ah oh, it annoys me so much yeah. it, it just kind of bugs me i don't get what um what you're trying to achieve through doing that i don't, I don't well know. company warm-ups are important because it's about um cohesiveness of the ensemble and stuff isn't it and mm. i do think they're nice when you can get together and have a little sing and yeah. whatever i think that's good but we all know what the dynamics are in companies you know there are different characters and there are different people who see themselves in different statuses and things and it's just it's just it's, it's part and parcel part and parcel, isn't part it? And parcel all you can do is be responsible for you yes i totally agree um so manchester what is it like um sharing your practice here and what particularly drew you to manchester so i trained in manchester initially well i said trained i went to uni mm. um in salford so i moved here in like 2000 and many years ago three three um and i bought a wee house in the second year um because it was like four pound fifty <laughs> back in there <laughs> Um, and then I went to London, met my husband, and then I said, hey, um, I I have a house in Manchester and it's about £8 a week to live in. Do you want to, should we, should we go there? And he was like, basically on the train, like bags packed, because he's from Bradford. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we, we were at the stage in life where we were like, we would like to build a life together. What can we do? We're not going to be able to do it in London. We don't want to do it in London because he wanted to focus on comedy more. So uh, we, uh, yeah, we got on the train and up we came. So it was basically the fact that I still have the house here. That wasn't yeah. this house, it was a different house. Mm. Um, but I love Manchester. My mum is from Manchester originally. She actually grew up like 10 minutes down the road. Um, and we just sort of accidentally ended up back here. She, did, she didn't, you know, push us this way. It just sort of, <laughs> it just sort of randomly happened and it's yeah. lovely. I like the north. I like northern sensibility. It's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have really good tea here. Yes, we yeah. do. So I just like it. And I like the difference in the. I think there's the industry is different. It's small, it's close knit. Mm. There's a lot of eagerness and openness and support. It feels less ruthless. Um, maybe that's my naivety, but that's just how I feel about it. And um, I, yeah, I just really like the people. So you said it's quite close knit. Mm. Do you feel like that may mean that it's difficult to um, kind of make space 
make space for emerging performers or performers who are coming out of drama mm-hmm. school to make space in in the industry so that they have a fair opportunity no is that question coming from like your experience um because i didn't i didn't do that you see because i mm. i trained here and then i went to london to do an ma in musical theater and then i emerged in london <laughs> if you right, call it yeah, that yeah, yeah. Mm. i kind of tripped over and fell out and smashed my yeah. face on the floor a little bit and <laughs> you know got the jobs where i could but like yeah. so i didn't experience that here yeah i feel like on a personal level yeah part of me is a bit like there are amazing i love manchester i love the opportunity that it can give and there are really good companies in manchester um but and i'm very much like of the opinion of if you're not getting work then make your own work Mm -hmm. um and i'm very much doing that this year um but sometimes it can feel that there is little support for people who aren't established within those higher groups that are established in Manchester mm. and that people know about. And you know, if if you can't afford to be part of their workshops or, um, and I'm not aiming this at anyone in particular at all, but if you, if you, you know, you can't afford to put on big theater in Manchester or whatever, that it's more difficult to, um, make space and everyone says make space just makes make your space and it's like well i'm like it's it's a lot harder when you're doing that on your own um when there are other people more established um but people that you could get involved with but you but it's it's difficult because you don't know them from a voiceover perspective potential I, I can maybe answer it, but then voiceover is not a your work in the city you're based in anymore. It's very yeah. global, so mm-hmm. you know that's that's more answering on a, on an industry wide thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it is a saturated market these days, and you have to be very special and very mm-hmm. committed, yeah, uh, or very lucky to mm-hmm. make it work. Um, I know there are a lot of things. There are a lot of opportunities in Manchester, but yeah. like you say. But then that's definitely what I'm starting <coughs> to. Yeah. To it's like breaking in, yeah. breaking in, like, and it does sometimes feel like there's a hierarchy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I, personally, I don't feel like it warrants it warrants that. I I would would question whether that's different to anywhere. I suppose in London, mm. there's an element of anonymity that may yeah. go with it, or there are potentially more venues to utilise than mm. maybe up here. But I don't know on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you've not yeah, experienced not it. it. Yeah. Um, so we got to London, didn't we? It's time. It's time. Okay. So this is my section. This is the random is question. Jordan's Inquirer! Or get shot nice yeah nice to try and find some way of putting that out there you know what i mean um so basically it's a bit of a statement bit of a topical section with a question at the end um we want you to answer the question as openly and honestly as you can okay okay custard creams every time it's not that okay that was last week fine um in a month where we were battered by storm kira and we're bracing for her mate dennis 
a month where the first man appeared from the coronavirus quarantine and where our Prime Minister's lead aide is actually running the country, and a month where our headlines are still dominated by Megxit and no one is mentioning Brexit. Are you a dog or a cat person? <laughs> oh, can't I say both? Yeah, you can no. do. Oh, <laughs> I'll be honest, it's just an excuse for me to have a theme tune in this idiot. So, um, so we like. I, Sheep! Well, yeah, exactly, bar. <laughs> I love dogs, always had dogs in my life. Grew up on a farm, so then I also had cats because of mice. Yeah. Um, we were gonna have a dog, and then we had a child. So we didn't get a dog because we have a child now, and you can get someone to come look after your child dead easy. But a child and a dog, mm. it's a whole different, a whole different aardvark. Um, I think both. Yeah. Can I, okay, so I like dogs because they are so naively into you, and they love a good walk, and a, a, it's a good excuse to get out and about. I love a cat, a good cat. Cause come, some cats are shit. Sorry, some cats are bad. <laughs> I had one. But I love a cat. I love cats because oh, they're God. soft and cuddly. Yeah, I love. So you've got a really nice cat. I have, but not like being touched. But it's lovely. No, 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 no. But she's very lovable, yeah. isn't she? She's very lovable. I have a cat. Oh, she's scratch your ankles and went near it. This is the thing. Yeah. You got good cats. You got bad cats. Yeah. Most very, dogs have very some kind of redeemable feature. Yeah. If they're a like a crap dog, they might still be cute and cuddly, but just a bit stupid or idiotic. Mm. We used to have this one dog called Bobby that was a West Highland Terrier mm. and it was God lover so stupid so stupid <laughs> just the stupidest dog ever um, like couldn't jump up on the sofa and used to just like jump up 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 up, up like about 48 times before you'd find <laughs> you just go oh my god for god's sake and you'd lift the damn thing up but um, her redeeming feature was her tail looked like a hairy parsnip <laughs> that was that really, really, really funny <laughs> So that is it. Thank you very much. That is it for George's Inquiry time this week. George's Inquiry time! (laughs) Harry Parsnip. Well done, George. Well done for pulling together all that um, sort of topical knowledge as well. What's Megxit? Megxit is Harry and Meghan. Oh, right. That's what they nicknamed it. You know, them sodding off and sacking all their staff, basically, to Canada. Yeah. They called it Megxit. That's the, what the newspapers are going. But where's Harry? Well, he, Harry's not in there. Yeah, well, it's... Mahexit? Well, it's because it's suggestion that he actually don't want to do it. Oh. Suggestion that it's all her. But we're not going to get into that. How she's ruining the royal family. But um, It could be a Hemexit, though. Could be Hemexit. That sounds like some form of disease. <laughs> so let's move on. What is some of the best things about what you do? Okay, people. Yeah. I love people. I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I love forming relationships. Um, so that's probably one thing. And the voiceover thing is can be quite isolated. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love, yeah, talking to people and, and, and helping them out. Um, I love the bespoke nature of, co- of coaching, particularly in my one-to-one practice. So when someone comes in with a really specific problem and you get an hour or a few hours over a little bit of time to, you know, um, really uh, hone in on it and, and help them out. I love that. I also love the community element that you can get in a really nice workshop. You know, if you ever go to workshops mm, and you just yeah. get a really lovely group of people mm. who are like, let's just do this. I love that. I also love the perks, like getting to see loads of shows and then like 
still I still get you know I trained as an actor and I, I love the theatre so still getting to work in theatres and be around that space yeah. Yeah. I love um, and it, it reminds me how glad I am that my life has gone this way <laughs> honest to god I was like why did I think I wanted a career in theatre I like going to bed at half past state every night what was I thinking <laughs> <laughs> So but, I still get to be in theatre. I still yeah. get to hang out with actors. Yeah, oh, um, that's amazing. Like you've yeah. you've stuck in the, you've got like a a job that is in theatre, and yeah. not many people who have graduated can say that. But then I also get to work with people outside of it. You know, sometimes on the workshops, the voice workshops, I'll get, uh, you know, clergymen who were given sermons mm. and losing their voice, or oh. people who are have who've just been promoted at work and are going to have to do lots of team meetings or presentations or, you know, um, uh, corporate stuff like. I get to meet the great and the good everywhere. It's lovely, oh, and I'm very lovely. Irish at heart, you know, because I'm Irish. So like, we just we just love an old yarn, you know. You've not mentioned it. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm dressed in a full shamrock outfit, head to toe, <laughs> <laughs> head to toe shamrocks. Now you need to tell us about your podcast. Oh, tell oh, us yes. all about that. Tell us um, why people should listen. So. Here's a potted history. Me and my pal Leah, who met in London at a voiceover sort of social event, accidentally moved up to Manchester at the same time. We were like, let's start a social, make some friends. Didn't think any way it would come. Four years later, it's booming and the people come loads and it's great. Um, we started a tiny little kind of audio advert for that. We were like, well, let's just do a little advert, like five minutes of us chatting, going, hello, it's us, the next social is such a time. And then we decided, oh, well, let's podcast her a thing now. So then we started like, using it as a as a professional looking excuse to talk to people we wanted to talk to yeah. you know like directors or um audio drama people or whatever and then it just kind of spiraled out of control so now it is called the voiceover social podcast we do an episode every month available on i think literally every single podcasting platform there is because leah is wonderfully relentless um and it, we have a bit of chat we interview somebody each time from within the voiceover industry or the audio drama industry or the audio industry in some way <clears throat> we have a little panic room section where i answer people's voice panics Ooh, cool. and uh, yeah, often we have little competitions if we get some you know someone will give us some equipment to give away or something so it's very much about creating a community around voiceover it was the first um, and it's still the best voiceover podcast in the UK. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one of its kind in terms of how we do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And we're very proud of it, really. Yes. It gets lots of five-star reviews. Amazing. So, yeah, have a little listen. I think yeah. the most recent one is we've just released a bonus episode, which is about uh, being a non-native voiceover. So being a voiceover in a country that you didn't grow up in. Right. So yeah. that's a little bonus app. Um, with a fabulous lady called Coco Lucy, and the one prior prior to that was uh, we spoke to um, uh, well uh, we spoke to a British voiceover who works in the States right okay Um, but we talked to all sorts of people nice Um, a lot of it is more the people who are working in the industry so it'll be like casting directors or we spoke to a child voiceover agent and we spoke to an audio drama producer and we spoke to a you know sound designer and so we're just trying to give an insight into what's going on amazing um so just to finish um so we do this podcast because we like to promote inclusivity diversity in the industry and things like that um and we're trying to 
do things to make things happen and we've got something going on in 2020 mm-hmm. um but what are your opinions on inclusivity and diversity in the theater industry uh, or voiceover industry and do you think there's anything that we can do to make it better i think it's a con- it's a ongoing journey mm. yeah things are well as a uh uh, typically physically active um, white working middle class female I'm mm. not sure I'm hugely um, well placed to comment on diversity but um, I've seen some moves forward in terms of inclusivity in some venues up here yeah. and I keep seeing more casting briefs that involve a bit more inclusivity um, I think the awareness that it is an issue is the most important thing that's happening right now yeah so people know that more of an effort needs to be made, which is the first step towards improving any of this stuff. Yeah. Mm. I think the more noise people can make, the better. Um, whether it's through podcasts or whether it's through, you know, protesting or, mm. um, you know, as, as the owners of venues, taking responsibility to make sure you are inclusive and accessible. Yeah. As a casting director, making sure you're, you know, reaching out to everybody. And from a voiceover perspective, my... Uh, my I suppose my opinion is I want to hear more diverse voices yeah. represented in mainstream media Yeah. so a lot of the issues we come up against with accentism for example which is one of the sort of last accepted forms of prejudice um, where someone gets the mickey taken out of them for their accent yeah. is, is 100% because of the media mm. so anytime there's a lawyer on telly they're RP anytime there's a doctor they're RP yeah or you know white let's include race in this um anytime you see someone who's a thief or a miscreant or a a ragamuffin you know they're from liverpool or they're from manchester anytime someone is stupid or whatever i was doing air quotes there by the way they're from birmingham (laughs) or they're from the south of ireland so from my point of view, I'd like to see more diversity there mm. in the industry. Yeah, that's it. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Right, well, um, I want to thank you for coming yes, on because it was great. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks Beautiful. Where are my biscuits? There was biscuits mentioned as payment. Well, that's definitely <laughs> um. I'll bring them next time. I'll throw them for your window. <laughs> right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Creatives podcast. If you'd like to know any more about the project, please email us at connectingcreatives@outlook.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is create underscore connect. And Facebook, our page is Connecting Creatives. We also have our Backstage Bits vlogs where you can go behind the curtain of different productions to see some of the rehearsal footage. As well as backstage features including props, costumes, venues and an interview with the creative team. To see these, please search Connecting Creatives on YouTube which will take you to our channel. Please follow us on all social media to keep up to date with our content. If you or your production would like to feature on the podcast or even one of our Backstage Bits vlogs or you have any other inquiries please email us at connectingcreatives at outlook.com. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.